Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring CuriosityStream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. And less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com. After yesterday's chaos, my time at work today was surprisingly peaceful. However, the knowledge that I would be meeting my manager later on hung over me like a specter. On my way to the sock puppet's cage, I picked up my backpack, which I had left next to the restroom's door yesterday. I, by no means, wanted to go in there alone, so I just hurriedly snatched it up from the ground and got on my way. After my routine with Mr. Scratch, I went for the stagecoach to see Nathan. I have noticed that whenever I would come to visit him, he would drop his usual gloomy and grim demeanor and take on a more lively personality. I've grown very fond of him over these last few days. He's a huge motivation for me to keep doing what I'm doing, and even though he keeps denying that there's a way of saving him, I've made it clear that I won't stop trying. I brought him some candy, as always, and a book for him to entertain himself. You're spoiling me, he said with a grin, as he unwrapped a piece of bubblegum. No, but seriously, thanks. You don't always have to bring me stuff, though, you know. I appreciate the company most. I smiled at him before, in a more serious manner, informing him about Dale's invitation. Nathan thought for a while, pensively chewing on his gum. I looked at him attentively, just sitting and talking to him. It's pretty obvious to me why Dale would like him so much. Nathan might be disheveled and smelly due to him being forced to stay on the carriage, but it doesn't obscure his good looks. He is very handsome in a fragile, soft way. I know it sounds stupid, but I cannot stop comparing his eyes to that of a cow. They look so gentle and soulful. Something about him makes me feel like if I touch him, he might shatter like a piece of very fine, thin glass. He's the kind of person one cannot help but feel protective of. There's no use in denying it. I was torn back into reality by a loud pop. I flinched, and Nathan grinned at me as he licked up the remains of the bubblegum, which had burst on his face. Did that startle you? He asked with a mischievous smirk. A little bit, I admitted. So, what do you think? He leaned back in his seat and sighed deeply. If you'd asked me before this happened, I would have probably said there was no need to be worried. But, it happened, and I'm stuck here. We both know what he did to me. I don't know him anymore. Maybe I never did. I can't tell if he's going to try and do something to you, but it's definitely possible. Don't be like me and let your guard down. I nodded. I won't. I uttered dryly, staring off into the distance. Could you do me a favor? Sure, Nathan replied, chewing with an open mouth. What is it? I took the laurel, iron nail, and silver earrings out of my backpack and handed them to him. Please, hold these for a little while and tell me how they feel. Nathan looked a bit confused, but eventually nodded. He fondled the bay leaves for a bit, turning the twig to either side as if to study it. 
when he was done, he focused on the nail, pinching himself with it a couple times, before putting it aside to examine the silver. They're pretty, he said, holding up the earrings. They look like tiny leaves. That's cute. Did any of these hurt you, in a way? I offered. Nathan shook his head. No. Why would they? It's just some twig, a nail, and some earrings. Is there, like, anything special about them? Did I miss it? No. No, they're fine, I muttered. This didn't make any sense. Although, I might be reading into it too much, but when I held that twig, I kind of wanted to break it for a moment. He added with a pensive look on his face. Don't ask me why. It was just like... Like an instinct or something. At exactly 8 p.m., I rang the doorbell to Dale's apartment. It was in a nice, large building, which in a way reminded me of my own home, except that it was way more spacious and clean. One could immediately tell whoever lived in there had money. I had taken all possible precautions. I had informed every single one of my co-workers of where I would spend my evening. Bought a bottle of whiskey at the corner store, where I already got the chocolate and tobacco a few days prior, and even brought my own reusable plastic cup, just in case I'd need it. My manager opened only seconds after me ringing the doorbell, almost like he had been standing right behind the door, waiting for me to arrive. He was looking less uptight than usual. Maybe the alcohol he had quite obviously already been consuming prior to my arrival had made him loosen up a bit but he actually greeted me with a smile. I can't believe you actually came, he said, sounding genuinely surprised. I thought you'd stand me up. I really did. I'm a lady of honor, I replied. I keep my promises. He stood by and gestured for me to come in. His apartment was roomy, but kind of empty from the looks of it. Dale had always struck me as a simple guy, so it didn't come as a shock to me that he had no use for all this space. Remembering that, according to Nathan, they had once lived in here together, I couldn't help but wonder if it had actually felt alive and homely at some point. Dale led me into the living room, where he invited me to take a seat. I plopped down on the large, black leather couch he had pointed at, placing the whiskey I had brought on the small table in front of it. Hey, awesome, Dale muttered at the sight. I'll go get some glasses. You'll only need one for yourself. I stated, producing the plastic cup from my bag. Classy, he commented with a smirk. He vanished into the kitchen for a few seconds before returning. Well, I get it. You have been spending an awful lot of time with Nathan after all. He sat down and placed the glass he had brought on the table before, with some effort opening my whiskey bottle. I watched attentively as he poured each of us a drink and then placed the bottle back on the table. Had he tampered with it, I would have noticed. Dale raised his glass to me before emptying it in one swift gulp. So, why am I here exactly? I inquired. We're going to play a game, he said, grabbing the bottle to refill his glass once more. We're going to play 20 questions, but I've changed the rules a little bit. You may ask me absolutely anything. My eyes widened. Like, yes or no questions, or will I be getting actual answers? Depends on the question. Also, there's another option. Can't tell. 
You ask me something and I either respond with yes, no, a more detailed answer, or by shaking my head. That would mean that I am unable to give you any answer at all. So it means neither yes, nor no, nor anything in between. Oh, and by the way, the same rules apply for me. I can also ask you stuff. That clear? I nodded, still speechless. Sweet. Should we do a test round or jump right into the serious business? That'd be your chance to ask something silly. Test round, I quickly replied. Okay, fair. You start. Oh, alright. Um... My voice trailed off as I tried to think of a good first question. This was awesome, but I had a feeling I shouldn't start with anything too heavy. Anything funny would do. Six inches, Dale suddenly said before taking a sip of his whiskey. It took me a while to catch on. Dude, I wasn't going to ask that, and you know it, I hissed. How much did you drink already? Good question, my manager muttered. Now, to be honest, I don't know, but there's an empty wine bottle in the trash. So that should tell you quite a lot. My turn. He thought for a few seconds before asking, Do you like Nathan? Yes, I replied nodding. Yeah, right, who doesn't? Okay, should we get started for real then? I nodded once again and Dale motioned for me to begin. Have you in the past or at any given point in time tried to poison me or succeeded in an attempt to do so? Dale smiled softly. No. He answered. I was a bit taken aback, but also relieved. I guess I really can't hold my liquor. Swallowing my apprehension, I uttered. Okay. Your turn. What's your name? I frowned. Leia. You know it's Leia. Why would you ask that? To check if you know? My turn. Why do you have the words no return tattooed on your back? I shot him a weird look. But before I could ask how he knew of my tattoos, he added, I found an older photo of you in a bikini and a participation register for a swimming contest. I research all of my employees' backgrounds extensively. So? I sighed. It's a long story. The night's young and I've got time. Don't make up excuses. Well, all right. I used to be a complete crybaby. The tattoo is to remind me that whining is useless once a certain point has been reached. You know, how like when you're going to ride on a roller coaster and you don't actually want to, but there's people in line behind you, so you just sit down in the wagon, and all you can think about is how scared you are, but you can't go back out. You've missed your chance to chicken out because now, the thing has started moving. Then you realize it's pointless to be frightened now, because now, whatever is going to happen, will happen. There's no escape, you know. No return. Dale was staring at me with an intensity I hadn't thought him to be capable of. You keep saying you, but you do mean yourself, right? He asked in a surprisingly gentle tone. Is that how you stopped being afraid? You were sitting in a roller coaster wagon, knowing that you can't stop anything from happening to you anymore, so you just decided to enjoy the moment? I shrugged. I think so. There was this feeling of inevitability, you know? Something about it was insanely thrilling. Apparently that's what it took for me to realize that sometimes things that seem scary aren't actually a threat. You know it works the other way around too, right? For some reason that sounded like a warning. I do. Also, you just wasted two questions. The next thing I want to know is who forced you to poison Nathan. 
Dale stared into his glass for what seemed like an eternity before slowly shaking his head. Can't tell, he said huskily. Okay then, next one. What's stopping you from telling me these things? To this, he actually responded. Something terrible would happen if I did. I mean, something really, really, really bad. I, I can't tell you what, but you can just about guess how bad it would be. Bad enough for you to poison your lover? I muttered. Dale nodded. My turn. Why are you so obsessed with finding out what's going on here? I mean, you could hand in your notice to quit tomorrow, get the hell out of here and never come back. I'm too invested, I stated truthfully. I want to help Nathan. I think there's a way of saving him. I can sense it. I also want to help all the others. Plus, I'm curious. I think... I think I've reached the point of no return, is what I'm saying. You haven't, Dale muttered sternly. I ignored him. So, next one. How many people have you turned into predators already? Just one. Just... <sighs> Just Nathan. No one else. I raised a brow. I had not expected that. However, Dale wasn't done yet. If you were to ask me how many got turned by the ones before me, the answer would be a different one. Yes, but I know that there's eight pretenders, so it'd be eight people, right? If we're counting the coachman as only one person. Dale slowly shook his head. Can't tell, he whispered. Now I truly was beyond confused. My turn, he added. After a short pause, he asked. Did you notice anything changing about yourself lately? I nodded. I did, I answered in a quiet voice. Dale let go of a soft sigh and for a split second, he looked like he was going to say something, but he simply motioned for me to take my turn. What's behind the locked door in the men's restroom, on the outskirts of Hollywood? Dale shook his head and took a sip of his whiskey. Can't tell, he mouthed. Fine. Well, how do I get in there then? If I were you, he began, leaning forward, looking me in the eyes. I'd pray it never comes to that. To be honest, I'd never thought you'd find out about it at all. Snoop around the rest of the park as much as you want, but stay the hell away from that door. It's for your own good. In a lighter tone, he added, Also, that was my turn just now. Let's see. Is there a person in the park you really care about? Yes, I mean, obviously. I care about all of my co-workers, and most of the pretenders, too. I see. What about the laughing cowboy? What about him? Dang it. We just wasted one question each. Dale groaned in frustration. This is hard when you're tipsy. Tipsy? Dude, you were already tipsy when I got here. Now you're simply hammered. Yeah, you're right. What I wanted to ask was, do you care about him? I frowned. Weird thing to ask. Yeah, sure I do. But not any more than for the other pretenders. Are you lying? No, I have no reason to. Dale looked at me with narrowed eyes. I really do think you're lying. Yeah, well, whatever, man. That's another question gone, by the way, so it's my turn. Why do you never talk to Nathan? He deserves closure, in my opinion. Dale suddenly grew very stern. He deserves so much more than that. But see, when you've stolen a person's entire life from someone you love at that, you don't want to think about it. 
and you most certainly don't want to look him in the eyes. At least I don't. He wouldn't understand, but back then I just... There, and there... He began to stutter and his voice trailed off. There was no other way, he finally whispered, before raising his glass to his lips and gulping down its remaining contents. What do you think of me? He then asked, looking up at me with weary, bloodshot eyes. I took a deep breath before answering. I think... You're not what you seem. I think somewhere deep down you're a good person. Never mind. Scratch that. Maybe not good, but like chaotic neutral or something. You hide behind booze, your douchey attitude, and dirty jokes. But you do it all to uphold your smug, tough, devil-may-care front. I let go of a sigh and tilted my head. All in all, I do think you're not a complete asshole, even though you're not making it easy. I swallowed before asking my next question. Am I right? Dale stared at me for a little while. Yeah, you are, he finally said. But you forgot something really important. I'm a guy who follows orders. Also, I'm a family man. Make of that what you will. He straightened up in his seat. I'm next. When looking into a mirror, is it your reflection you see, or someone else's? Uh... I... I didn't know how to answer that. I instinctively remembered the strange incident yesterday and how for a second the reflection in that bathroom mirror had not felt like my own. You're hesitating, Dale remarked. It usually feels like mine, but yesterday... It was different for a moment, I finally replied. My manager nodded. He reached out to grab the bottle, but I quickly pulled it away from him. Let's take it slow for now. I told him, and to my surprise he listened and sat back. Why are you asking me these weird questions? I inquired. To find out if it started yet. He said dryly, quietly. Something in his voice sent a shiver down my spine. It shouldn't have, he went on. I did nothing to trigger it, but for some reason you're affected. Be it only in a very subtle way, and don't waste a question on what kind of process it is I'm talking about. You know. He was right. I knew. Am I going to be okay? I asked, finding myself afraid of the response. For the first time since I had met him, Dale gave me a genuinely reassuring smile. That depends. But I'll try my best to keep you the way you are right now. Feel free to keep on investigating. I can assure you it's got little to do with it. He closed his eyes, taking some time to think. Do you have a history of getting screwed over by people, or is this the first time? He suddenly asked very bluntly. I flinched. What? I stammered. I don't understand. Dale shook his head. Never mind. I shouldn't have asked that. It's still my turn, I think. Could you give Nathan something from me? It's, uh, it's his plushie. He's had it since he was a kid, and it's still lying around here. I want him to have it back. Maybe it'll help him feel less lonely. At the very least, it'll stop staring at me with its hateful, accusing little eyes. Sure, I'll bring him the plushie, I said, unable to suppress a slight smile. Dale got up and walked over to the pantry, returning with a stuffed stork which he threw at me. I caught it midair and he sat back down. I admit I was a bit worried. He had seemed rather wobbly on his feet. 
Why are you helping me all of a sudden? Isn't it obvious? It's about Nathan. As unlikely as it seems, you might find a way to release him. After all, you did find out about the restroom. Who knows what you can do? I'm unable to help in any way. As I said, stuff will happen if I try. But you, you're not bound by anything. I watch him, you know, and I see when you come to visit him. Whatever it is you're doing, I think it's working. At least one thing's for sure. The more you know, the more confident you are that there's a way of saving him. And this confidence is what makes him happy. So please, for the love of God, keep it up. This had caught me off guard. I stared at him with wide, incredulous eyes. How do I know I can trust you? You don't. Still, I hope you will. It'll be much easier for the both of us. Also, you've got only four questions left. Can you try to use them a little more wisely? I nodded and bit my lip. Who was standing behind me on Halloween night last year? I uttered, holding his gaze expectantly. Upper management, Dale said with a dry chuckle. We who now claim ownership of this land are aware of and willing to pay the price. What does that mean? I... I can't tell you exactly, but it means I have to obey. It means everyone in my family has to. Is there something in the park I should be particularly scared of that I should avoid? My voice had grown low with nervousness. There is, but I can't tell you what. Suddenly I noticed something weird. Why are we even playing this game? I mean, you could just answer my questions the normal way. Upper management would know. I'm not sure how, but they always know what I'm doing. They're watching me when they think I might do something stupid. But for some reason, the concept of games is beyond them. When I say that something's just a game, they'll think nothing of it. That's because everything that can be said in a game can simply be a lie. Half-truths and lies confuse them. So yeah. I still have to be careful, though. That's why I can't answer all of your questions. My last question. Is there anything else you think might help me, like some useful piece of advice? Dale gave me a thin smile. Iron, laurel, silver, sage, salt, and red verbena. Those are your best friends. We continued to stare at one another for a little while before my manager spoke up once again. You seem to be really into this, so I didn't want to interrupt you, but I've got like five more questions. There isn't a lot I want to know, though. Just one thing. He paused and I tilted my head. What is it? I breathed. Dale had taken his empty glass and was now fumbling around with it, tracing its brim with the tips of his fingers. It was almost hypnotic. He finally looked up at me and asked in a slow, empty tone, Do you know that you're being watched whenever you're at the park? I didn't know how to respond. I stared at him in shock and confusion before finally regaining my composure. Surely being watched was not the most absurd thing out of everything I knew happened around the park, so why was I so unsettled by that thought? I see, Dale finally said. My reaction had apparently been enough of an answer. Suddenly he grew very silent. His expression darkened. He murmured something about excusing himself to go to the bathroom. I merely nodded and stayed in my seat. 
I remember thinking that he sure was taking some time. Then only seconds after I had finished that thought, I heard the gunshot. The moment the sound pierced my ears, I entered a weird, surprisingly controlled state of panic. I was scared shitless, but I wasn't frozen in place. I shot up and ran to the door I had seen Dale enter only a few minutes ago. I tore it open and found my manager cowering on the floor inside, a gun lying next to him. He was bleeding from his upper arm and pressing his hand on the wound, his face contorted in agony. "'What did you do?' I shouted, rushing up to him and heaving him to his feet. He was heavy and I had trouble holding him upright, but at least he didn't fight it. "'Holy hell, damn it! Where's your car keys? We need to get you to the hospital!' Dell groaned in pain, but vehemently shook his head. "'No, no hospital. My parents will freak out if they find out about this. Please, just take me into the living room.' I complied and carefully walked him over to the couch. He slowly lowered himself down on it. What the hell was that just now? I hissed. My hands were coated in his blood and I was shaking. I hated Dale a little bit for being so calm. I'll, uh, I'll explain later. You've got to help me take off my shirt. I need to check if the bullet's stuck in my arm. I shook my head in disbelief, but eventually assisted Dale in pulling his long-sleeved cotton shirt over his head. The moment it came off and revealed his upper body, though, I couldn't help but let out a sharp scream. The skin on his chest, left arm, and stomach were covered in large, long cuts in various stages of healing. Some were fresh, red and scabby, others looking like they had already healed years ago, as there was nothing but thin white scars left of them. The gashes even overlapped in several places. Still, the words they were forming were legible. It was the same sentence covered into his flesh over and over again. My name is Dale. He looked up at me with glazed, hooded eyes. In case I forget, he mouthed. The rest of the night passed in a bit of a daze. I found that the bullet in fact wasn't stuck in his arm, for it had only grazed him. I later discovered it stuck in one of the bathroom walls. He told me where I could find his first aid kit, and I spent about 15 minutes carefully bandaging his arm. When I asked him why he had wounded himself, he told me he didn't know. Apparently he had lost control over his body in front of the mirror for a second, and the next thing he had known was that he had a bullet wound in his arm, presumably having acquired the gun from its usual spot in the dresser, outside the bathroom door. He seemed disturbingly unfazed by this, and when I asked him why, he said something about how this happened quite a lot amongst members of his family. He had returned to his quiet former self, the talkative Dale from earlier having vanished. I asked if it was upper management who did this to him, but he just chuckled dryly without giving any definitive answer. I urged him to at least see a doctor in the morning, to which he thankfully, albeit reluctantly, complied. I really hope he's going to be all right until then. According to Dale, this had only happened to him once before, namely when he had lost control at the age of 16 and ended up stabbing his hand with a fork. I wonder if these fits are a way of upper management to punish people whenever they're giving out too much information about them. Whatever these beings are that are controlling him and his family, they have to be pretty damn sadistic to do this to them. 
I waited until Dale went to sleep before getting on my way home. Not before taking another look at his arm, though. To my relief, we found that the bleeding had stopped. We had agreed that I would take the gun with me and return it to him at the park the following day, so he could keep it in his office for emergencies. He said he really didn't want it around his home for a couple days, which I found perfectly understandable. Before I left, however, Dale told me one last thing. Check the dresser in the hallway. There's a present for you in there. He mumbled into his pillow. I want you to have it. What is it? I inquired. You'll know when you see it. You've seen it before. I know you have. He paused to let out a yawn before adding drowsily. Little birdie told me. I did as he told me. At first I couldn't spot anything familiar in any of the drawers, until I came across a certain object lying on top a bunch of magazines in the lowermost one. It was the old, wood-handled revolver. I had arranged with Mitchell to pick me up after two hours. I had figured that would be enough, and it turns out I was right. When I stepped outside Dale's apartment building, I found his car parked right in front of it on the sidewalk. I got in and plopped down on the passenger seat, sinking into the cushions with a deep sigh. Your ride's been awaiting, my lady. My colleague greeted me jokingly. I was getting a bit worried already. Seriously, I'm basically your personal chauffeur at this point. He instantly fell silent when he laid eyes on the red stain on my shirt. Oh, holy hell, what happened? Are you all right? It's not my blood, I explained. Before you ask, Dale's fine as well. Okay, maybe not entirely, but that's not because of me. I was too tired to explain everything that had happened to him in detail, but I gave him a vague rundown of what had happened. Mitchell's main concern was whether I was feeling okay after all this stress, but I assured him that I was alright and that my manager was the one to worry about. I didn't tell him about Dale's gift or Nathan's stuffed animal though. Perhaps it was because I was too exhausted, or maybe I simply wasn't in the mood to hear his opinion. In hindsight, I would have loved to ask Dale so many other questions. It feels just like taking a test. The best thing's always coming to mind when it's already over. Maybe I'll get another chance to ask him these things on a different occasion. Then again, who knows if he'll answer. Either way, I returned home with a borrowed gun, a stork plushie, and the mysterious ornate revolver. I think I've never gotten this much out of any of my interactions with my manager before.